Welcome to Library Land Loves, a podcast from OLA. I believe that libraries are full of the most passionate people on the planet. People who are passionate about their careers, about the people they're serving, about the programs they're running. And that passion doesn't end there. Be it the coffee they're drinking or the pop culture they're consuming, Library Land loves a lot. Hi, and welcome to Library Land Loves. I'm Michelle Arbuckle, Director of Education and Member Engagement at OLA. Library Land Loves is produced bi monthly, so don't forget to subscribe in all the places. And today I am speaking with Kelsey Merkley. Kelsey is Senior Advisor at Ontario Digital Service and an open innovation practitioner with several years experience working with local, national and global organizations. Formerly a public leader for Creative Commons Canada and Creative Commons South Africa, she has launched numerous community building projects, including Uncommon Women and Open Textbooks for Africa, and boasts an impressive set of expertise in IP law, open educational resources, open policy, and open business models. Open, open, open. She is known as Kelsey Open Merkley. <laughs> So welcome, Kelsey. Today, we are going to speak with her about Uncommon Women and also get her take on all things bourbon. But first, let's get to know her. I thought you were going to add, and bourbon at the end of that. (laughs) And open bourbon. (laughs) Open bourbon. There actually is a bar in Toronto uh, that opens their beer recipe. Uh, and they make it openly available, which is actually a little bit of a ruse because no recipes can have copyright um, because recipes are facts. And so recipes don't have copyright. Um, The things that you add on to a recipe, like the images and the descriptions can have copyright. We're already learning and we're not even a minute into the pod. (laughs) This is fantastic. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what it is that you do all day? Yeah, so uh, I'm working for the Ontario Digital Service, uh, which is kind of like a startup within the Ontario government. Uh, So I got hired um, and I get to work under the amazing Hillary Hartley. Um, who is one of the world's experts in civic tech uh, and trying to make government better and faster for all Ontarians, Hmm. all Ontarians. Uh, And so there I work on business relationships uh, and try to work within government systems to try to make great products. Doing a lot of work with Service Ontario right now. Cool. One of my favorite things that we're hoping to get through is uh, Parks Ontario, a better process to make your bookings, which people get very excited about. Yeah. Yeah. And then would next up be Toronto Rex so that we can register our kids for swimming without crying? City of Toronto, not mine, but there oh, is a civic man. tech environment there. We can right. we can pitch that know. one through. Yeah, good to know. Yeah, I, I know that. Know that. Know those tears. Yes. <laughs> And uh, and so tell us a little bit more about Uncommon Women. And yeah, and gig. so then I uh, launched Uncommon Women three years ago um, on my own. Uh, decided that or that from conversations, decades of conversations with women who were in the open space, who were um, we noticed that there was a lot of us who were involved. That I feel like the open movement has a ton of women that are around it. The chief uh, executive director of Wik- Wikipedia. Uh, Catherine, the amazing Catherine Marr, female, um, lots of great uh, legal minds in the space, a lot of women. Um, but as the years went on, I noticed that the people who were considered the thought leaders and the ones who were given the who wrote, who would write these like long rambly blog posts about the state of the movement mm. and would be given the stage to be able to give their think piece on where we're going, all men. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of women uh, who are my colleagues uh, and peers were, I knew the ones behind the scenes getting the shit done. They were the ones that mm-hmm. allowed for that space to happen. Uh, so I started to think about ways that we could celebrate them. Uh, and really it started to evolve into how do we think about leadership differently? Um, and so I talk about how do we think about it through like um, what I think we are currently seeing it through a masculinized lens uh, into one that is more through a feminized lens. How do we see the women who are people who are support is still leadership? Uh, it's just not necessarily leadership from the front, right? Uh, so mm. we make a yeah. So I make a coloring book every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've done it two years in a row. Last year I ran a Kickstarter, um, which is how you got your mm-hmm. coloring book. Thank you for the support. Thank you for the coloring book. <laughs> it gets me through many a teleconference. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and that uh, has celebrated, uh, I guess we have 10, two years, so 10, 20 women. Uh, one of the most interesting things I find about the coloring book uh, is that when I have put the individuals into the book, the year that I see them have, and I don't know if it's directly correlated, but I feel like they then step into this role of a leader. Mm. Um, and I start to see them, uh, I mean, I also host... Um, whenever I'm at a conference, we'll apply to host a, comp- a, a panel session and I'll pull the women uh, that are in the coloring book generally onto the panel. Uh, so I think that starts to help set them into the space. Um, but yeah, I feel like the often, or we know that from some of the research that women are more likely to consider themselves a leader once they see a a woman who has gone through similar circumstances as a leader, hmm. uh, which is very different from the way that men just automatically step yeah, into leadership, that's interesting. Um, which I think is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's a really fun project to work on. I get to talk to a lot of really amazing women and uh, yeah, spend a chunk of my downtime thinking about how do we make leadership uh, more through a female lens and how do we make it better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So in terms of the open movement and like what's going on Mm -hmm. in all things open, what do you see are the biggest issues right now that people should be paying attention to? So I just gave this keynote at uh, University of Guelph for Open Access Week. Mm -hmm. Which is awesome. The guys there are doing such great work. Yeah, they do amazing work. Um, Wouldn't it be all great if Amy Buckland could Uh run all of Open Access? I'm (laughs) really thrilled that she's taken over as public lead for CC Canada. It's Mm going to be great. Um, But uh, the thing that I was talking about was where I think the the conference theme was like building our foundations of equity. Um, And it was when they asked me to do it was the same week uh, that Linus Trivold stepped down from uh, the Linux Foundation because of his toxic language. Of which he has a lot. He is known on the internet for being a complete jackass Hmm. um, and a really terrible person uh, in the way that he uh, does his bug reports. Uh, So when you do, when you're writing code, you put up a piece of code and then people review it uh, and then they tell you like, this is good or this is bad. This is how the open uh, code works. Um, And he is just has really terrible, shitty, derogatory, negative language and has been accepted and is... um, completely the way that the Linux uh, foundation is built on. Uh, I then started to think about the way the open education community has started to adopt similar sort of language. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I realized that the individuals who I had gotten uh, comments from about my open ethos um, I think I had someone question where my like moral standards were when I supported the Creative Commons move to Slack uh, instead of an, a true open source software oh. product. Um, 
which I was curious that this individual really didn't know me that well and where they thought my moral values were and shifted. Uh, so I think that there is a, a problem with the foundation of the open movement that is actually built on this toxic male culture of communication. Mm. Um, and I'm hoping to give that talk a few more times because I think there's a lot more to it. Uh, also, there is a piece around... Um, uh, I can't read the term. Uh, negative, uh, like the way the communi- communities that have the same goals will take each other down mm-hmm. uh, as a result. And I found this great piece of research from the suffragette movement. Um, Susan B. Anthony, hashtag total racist. We put her on a coin, or the U.S. put her on a coin, and uh, she sided uh, with um, racist community, or, yeah, racist communities, men uh, who were trying to not allow uh, Negro men to get the vote, uh, and felt that this is like why white women are terrible. White women are terrible because Susan B. Anthony started a foundation that is entirely based on it's more important for white women to get the vote than black men. Oh my gosh! Uh, versus a woman named Lucy Stone, uh, who had the who they were together, and then they divided over this particular issue. Who worked with uh, people of color uh, and actively believed that uh, everyone, that if Negro men got the vote before white women, then that is the way it must be. And then we will continue to build on top of that her communities. Mm. And uh, they started uh, chapters at the state level, uh, which was largely considered to be one of the successes of getting the vote um, for Negro and for for women, um, because of these chapter, this specific chapter model. Um, Yeah. All our heroes are dead. All our heroes are dead. Yeah. (laughs) Who are our new heroes in open movement? Yeah, so I'm a really big fan of Catherine Marr. I think she's really trying to do... She's the head of Wikipedia, Mm -hmm. uh, Wikimedia Foundation. Um, I think she's really trying to build in programs uh, that are really trying to do great uh, great things and trying to make sure that we shift... We all know... I mean, I don't know. That's an assumption. Uh, (laughs) Wikimedia is very North American-based. If you want to have deep knowledge of... Uh, European train model trains like Wikipedia is the place to go if you want knowledge about uh, African countries or authors or American women authors uh, not the place to go Mm. Um, it's uh, they're working very hard to try to make it I think Wikipedia is actually like a great example of when we look at the state of the world we like Wikipedia is broken but it's because we're broken like Mm. we built this thing and so it's up to us to it's a reflection of where we are yeah and where we can go, I think it also says that it, it's a little bit more like we can see where we where we need to be better. Right. Speaking of reflecting where we're at, mm-hmm. so for listeners, Kelsey and I are at a conference right now called Gather North, which is a pretty intimate gathering of, I think the generic phrase is women in technology. Mm-hmm. Although I feel like I have no business being under yeah, that. Yeah, so I'm like... The edge. I like to consider myself on the fringe. <laughs> yeah, which I think I think is a pretty prevalent, yeah. you know, assumption uh, with these with this group. But there is, uh, you know, we are at a lovely hotels vineyard area, <laughs> Niagara on the Lake, and there's going to be some drinking. And so today, uh, you and I are talking about one of your favorites, which is uh, the bourbon. Really insert like sound effect oh, here of clinking glasses <laughs> there we go. <laughs> there <it is>. perfect <laughs> so the last time we met <laughs> you were telling me about your um 
knowledge Mm -hmm. and passion for Mm -hmm. the brown liquor known as bourbon. Yes. Bourbon and whiskey? Bourbon whiskey. Brown liquor. Just generally just brown liquor. Brown liquor. Okay, fine. Whereas I consider myself uh, more of a a weak liquor person. Mm -hmm. I'm more of the gins. I don't know if that's weaker, but... I mean, it looks weaker. Yeah. It's clear. Mm-hmm. I'm a gin, like, I'm gin and wine person. I like to think that I've entered my gin years. Okay, yeah. I feel like gin is actually like the like the tough old ladies drink. But I want to be a brown liquor oh, we're person. Gonna, we're gonna get I, to I find yeah. like there's you know it's there's an ego to it. Mm-hmm. There's a I mean they smell so good, mm-hmm. and so I have long wanted you to walk me through your mm-hmm. passion and. Uh, and give me some tips. And mm-hmm. I feel like Library Land is a pretty um, there's a there's a strong um, favoritism for the brown liquors out there. Mm-hmm. And so I think people are going to be really interested in this. And if they're not, uh, you know, this is coming out in time for holiday season. So mm-hmm. for people who want to buy brown liquor gifts for their mm-hmm. relatives, this is this is timely. This is time. I was like, how much do I actually know about brown liquor versus how much do I drink <laughs> brown liquor? <laughs> well, you know, you gain test. expertise by being Fine. a consumer. Immersive. It's an immersive experience. <laughs> I think at the time I was talking about uh, my husband and I had a brown liquor registry, uh, which might have been the story I was saying. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, which at moments um, when I see a KitchenAid, I'm like, oh, I have some regrets about that. That's, right. That's obviously the place where you get a KitchenAid. Yeah, we'll have that KitchenAid like, for another 20 yeah, years probably. some sort of ridiculous color. Right. Yeah. Season. Cherry red. Cherry uh, red. I regret, one of my biggest regrets was not taking a photo of all of the brown liquor we got as a wedding gift and then all of the empties at yes. our first anniversary, which I feel like would have been... And then also all of the bottles of Advil. Yes. <laughs> behind it. In the, in the background. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this is about yeah. savoring. This is about, mm-hmm. you know... Um, Enjoy. Enjoying experience. the experience. Yeah. Yes. So I got into the, the brown liquor uh, when I lived in Cape Town, mm-hmm. um, and had a couple friends who were um, who were drinking it. There were some ladies and some men, and then uh, there is a whis- a bourbon uh, that they make there. Um, the primary difference between a bourbon and whiskey there. There are people who will argue this with me. You will probably get some comments. All right, we'll get some I'm tweets I'm certain about this. there will be some Wikipedians who will have strong opinions on whether I am correct or not. Right. Uh, but effectively, like, scotch whiskey is made with uh, malted barley, and bourbon is made from corn. Um, there is some sort of regionalities around this. It's not the same as champagne, where it can only be called. Um, but if you live in Tennessee, you probably argue pretty strongly that only bourbon only comes from tennessee have you ever been to tennessee for their... nah, we've thought of, we've talked about doing a trip but then uh, people have said it's not the friendliest place. Mm. i don't know i can't I won't yeah 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 um we've thought yeah. about it too but we haven't done it so yeah. <laughs> i'm curious to hear from someone who's been any mm-hmm. listeners out there who've been to tennessee and had a good bourbon experience let us know mm-hmm. all right so uh uh yeah so i started a, a uh, cape town ladies who drink whiskey club mm-hmm. um and so similar to a book club um but we would pool together uh cash and buy two bottles of brown liquor um for that evening and then we would uh drink it <laughs> <laughs> sounds pretty simple <laughs> pretty, pretty pretty basic good good reason to get together yeah uh but it did start to you started to learn the differences between some of them and learn about things that are pd uh which is that like a very traditional like oftentimes people are given a very pd whiskey as your first experience mm-hmm. which 
Petey's like a mossy, burnt smell, which I can tell by your face. You're like, yeah, I'm not I'm enjoying not. the sounds and, of yeah, a peaty drink. Yeah, no. uh, it's pretty. It's pretty rough around the edges. It's, yeah. it can be it can be really nice in some places, uh, like a, a a whiskey sour made mm. with. Uh, a PD whiskey um, can be quite nice because it gives you a little bit of a smokiness mm-hmm. in with the sweet. Um, but and yeah. you can balance it out with yeah. something else. But probably the problem with whiskey is that most people's experience, first experience with it is like at Christmas and mm-hmm. someone's grandfather, uncle pulls something down off the thing and tells you you should drink this and the hair will grow on your chest and then you don't like it. And then they're like, haha, you're just a lady. You don't enjoy this anyway. It's like you were at the Arbuckle <laughs> Christmas in 2000. <laughs> exactly what happened yeah so uh i uh really i'm a little bit i tend to lean more towards the bourbon than the whiskey though there's like a lot of really delicious whiskeys uh in my life i regret that we had to try to pull together a whiskey list uh, from the lovely place we are here which is known for its wine yes but unless it's whiskey but we will uh we'll We'll, we'll deal with what we've got Mm -hmm. so the reason that you prefer bourbon over whiskey like what's what's the difference in the flavors i find it to be a little bit more accessible uh that tends to have more of like the vanilla a little less of the smoky Mm -hmm. bitterness it's more of a sipping it's also uh bourbon tends to go well with ice Mm -hmm. uh, which which you can uh then helps to break up uh that pungent alcohol uh like alcohol burn that you get when you drink any hard alcohol straight on yeah um and uh yeah scotch and whiskey can be stronger but there's still lots of like there's a really nice whiskey called del winnie mm-hmm. um which is uh, was introduced to me as the ladies whiskey it's not <laughs> condescending at not all not condescending at mm-hmm. all but also delicious right um <laughs> so, and I, I believe that was my introductory whiskey i was like it's fine I just enjoy that one for a while okay um so we have two bourbons yep. uh, in front of us we have the um, Wood- this is the dark one. Woodford yeah. Reserve, uh, which is a bit darker. Mm-hmm. I think we should take some photos. We sure will. Uh, and then this was the Maker's Mark. Okay. Uh, Maker's Mark. Both of these you're going to find at your LCBO or wherever you are in the world. Okay. These are pretty, like, off-the-shelf um types of bourbons and now um, you asked the bartender when we got these for mm-hmm. ice on the side but when you're drinking these is it just kind of what you feel in the moment or yeah it tends to be i tend to like ice with mine um but that's a personal preference people have strong opinions either, mm-hmm. either way um certainly with a scotch or a whiskey you would put like a thimble you can put a thimble full in there's a lot of rhetoric behind like if you put any water in it, it's not tough enough. And like all of this is like masculine time, like bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Drink your drinks the way you like your drinks (laughs) and enjoy it. And don't be judged for it. And don't be judged for the way that you like your brown liquor. Okay. Um, One of the favorite lines is like James Bond orders his martini shaken, not stirred. He's really just ordering a weak martini um because the the ice is broken down and makes it all so yeah right Mm -hmm. so james bond is weak Mm -hmm. that's the moral of that story great i know that fact from the west wing unverified (laughs) fact (laughs) you know what if anything is it from the west wing that's pretty much truth it's gospel for me me as well all right so how are we going to drink these bad boys uh so i think i'm going to put a little bit of ice in both of them okay Um, maybe you're new to this so i feel like maybe you should try a sip without okay and then try a sip with. Okay, so this one so that this I'm trying So this is the first. Maker's Mark. Yeah. It smells like heaven. <laughs> Maker's Mark is like a, 
uh, also often used as a mixing whiskey. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's nice. nice. It's nice. It's given know. me a little... A little warm. A little pinch. A little, little warm in there. Yeah, it's um, good. And this is a Woodford Reserve. I didn't actually check which year this one was. Oh, wow. Um, but you can tell that it's like quite a bit darker. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot more like the vanilla nutty taste in this. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I like the makers better, I think. Makers, interesting. Yeah. Like Personal choice. Like. Something about it. I mean, I think makers is what... Yeah, we drink most at home. Yeah, but only in something in mixed in yeah. a, in a a sour or yeah something like that. Yeah, it's very sippable. Very sippable. Mm-hmm. It feels like I mean we are sitting beside a fire right we now, are, and it seems very... really apropos. Like, yes. I don't know how I would feel about an entire glass of that, but obviously you're not getting that much in a glass. Like, you just need a little bit. No, I mean, you're mostly going to... Uh, it depends on your liver. Fair, fair, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't love this Woodford Reserve. It yeah. has a little bit of a, like, sawdust. I'll be honest. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> not getting the leg. It might be because we have the... <clears throat> Uh, like an older one at home, and that's what I'm used to. It's like I don't I don't know the words, but the top of my mouth feels like it's puckering when yeah. I drink it. Mm-hmm. Something that's kind of all liquor and wine words are bullshit. Okay, fine, good to know. Don't feel like you can just. I make mean, no one's ever liquor. marketed a like, drink to me and said it's got t- it's got notes of sawdust in it. <laughs> so. I don't know if that would be a sell, but uh, I'm a natural. My husband and I are natural wine nerds, and one of the terms I use is like, "Does it?" I'm really looking for something with more tire fire. Explain. <laughs> it's like that? a burnt, like smell. It's like quite a pungent smell, but it obviously doesn't taste like tire fire. And what is the wine that has the most tire fire? Oh, <laughs> uh, there's like oh, there's a really great one out of California. I am like ridiculous. But is it like a Merlot, a Zin? Uh, so natural wine, sidebar, natural wine nerd. Um, natural wine is like low intervention wine. Okay. Um, so it can be used with whatever grapes uh, oh. are sort of made. Um, and so it's not like biodynamic, which has all of these complicated rules and regulations. It basically just means that the winemaker took whatever grapes they had available in whatever state they had it available and did their best hmm. that they could with it. So, um, it's super nerdy. Uh, New Yorker has already written about it and like called us all snobs uh, for liking this. Uh, I think it's delicious. The other type I described once is like, I really love this orange wine, uh, which is uh, white or uh, red wine with a little bit, of, with uh, just a low amount of skin contact. Oh. So it gives it like an orange. You'll start to see more of it now. But the, the flavor profile I like is Thrills Gum. <laughs> No, 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 absolutely not. That sounds disgusting. Okay, so I, um, for listeners at home, am putting some ice okay. uh, into this. And then you can see how you feel. So when it's melted a little bit. So whiskey is meant to be sipped, like, over the course of sort of like an hour in the same way that you would. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is the stuff. This is the stuff. Maker's Marks for you. You know, this is really a gateway because <laughs> this is just leading me to, okay, now I need a really good whiskey glass mm-hmm. or bourbon glass. Yep. 
Also, there's like particular ice cubes. Which, oh, you know, <laughs> it's a whole line down. We're still searching for the perfect whiskey glass, I'll be honest. Um, I've I seen one. I found a couple of system needs, but the heft. Yes, yes. It's like I need a heavy glass in yeah. my hand. Like these are not, this is no. not, not doing this it. This is, no yeah. Well, this is a bedside Sorry. water glass in a hotel room. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's only so far we're going to get here. Uh, yeah. But it's hard to find a nice crystal glass that has that, like, bottom heavy, because they often yeah. make them. Uh, someone to give me as a birthday present. Uh, these very fancy, I think it was a Kickstarter, whiskey glasses that look like a whiskey glass inside, but have that tumbler on the outside. All right. So a traditional whiskey glass actually looks like a, almost like a champagne flute. They're these, like, incredibly delicate things which is like against the idea of this masculine mm-hmm. like heavy drink it's actually like i should have brought you some uh, to see because they're just like these dainty little things they're like ladies with tea Aww, <laughs> like and that's designed because uh whiskey and bourbon both have such uh, high alcohol content right so you actually don't when you see someone like throw their nose into a glass of whiskey it means they have no idea what they're doing <laughs> I, I full disclosure i totally did that when i picked Fine, up my glass like, well, learning. this is a learning space that's right for it and letting you do that uh, because you burn your nose like the alcohol that like 100% alcohol is just like burnt your senses out we've now been sipping on this for a little while so your senses have returned interesting <laughs> um, hmm. so, versus wine which you of course like stick your nose right around. in yeah. basically like a neti pot you yeah. swish, it around, swish it around let it come out the other nostril yesterday was Beaujolais day yes that's yes. right yeah. third weekend mm-hmm. third weekend of November mm-hmm. is that what it is mm-hmm. I forgot about that we are teaching our daughter the ways of Beaujolais day she gets sold on it as a banana profile which is a seller for her and is not a seller for us <laughs> but we're keeping her flavor notes all right over the years because i'm curious like at what point this like at the bottom note is like yuck yuck <laughs> gross <laughs> we'll shift to like oh i quite like this yeah. one. get me another bottle of this please mom yeah. um so if you're drinking this at home, what are your favorite? Like, what are you, what's on your top, sh- not on your top shelf, but what's on your shelf that you reach for the most? Oh, I'm the worst at this. I never have a great memory for these kinds of things. There is a particular one that um, was uh, Love from South Africa, uh, which has been found at the LCBO from time to time. Listeners, if you ever find it, I will pay top dollar if you find it at your local LCBO called Bain's Kloof Whiskey, mm. uh, which is definitely more on the bourbon side, and it's like very strong vanilla notes, um, which I think is what you're really liking uh, mm-hmm. from this guy. Um, what else is in there in our couple? Elijah Craig, uh, I think would also be one that you'd be into. Where's also- that one from? It's a Tennessee, um, and also found. Um, yeah, you're you're, mo- you're not gonna find a lot of bourbon um, that's made outside of the U.S. Right. Um, also, reasons why the new NAFTA or the NAFTA right. sucks because <laughs> they put tariffs on all of our bourbon right now. Uh, right. It They're only works out to all being like three percent, thirty right. cents for things, so we should not call this our right. problems. <laughs> Still, I object. Right. Uh, for multiple reasons. Um, yeah, Elijah Craig. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Canadian whiskey. 
controversial statement, but I'm not really into the rye. It's uh, it's made from rye whiskey, so the thing that probably the thing that you, most people um, making an assumption that most people are Canadian who are listening to this podcast um, yes. have had Crown Royale mm-hmm. and various elements of their life thrown down at them. Yeah, uh, I have strong memories of growing up in a small town um, where people drank Crown like by the giant, like the one that has the handle. Yep. Um, that was, um, and then like, it just, it does nothing for me. I find I get like a wicked headache from even just like having a sip of it. It's yeah. just not my, like rye whiskey is right. just not for me. I mean, really all. nice purple sack. <laughs> that I would marbles. keep my marble. Yes, yeah, exactly. absolutely. <laughs> my marble change. And I just remember feeling very like regal with yeah. this purple yeah, yeah, sack. Yeah. But yeah, mm-hmm. the liquor itself. But it was great. listed as, I mean, they had one that came out two years ago, Crown Royal did, that was like one of the top, I think it was the top whiskey in the yeah, world. The green, or was it yeah, Harvest the green or one something? Was Harvest or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it still was not for me. We tried it. Yeah, rye whiskey is not my not okay. my flavor profile. But I have an uncle. Of course, it's always an uncle who will argue strenuously that I am an idiot. I think are his terms for oh, the okay. fact that I don't really enjoy. Right. So he's not so thing. passionate about it. It's pretty low key. Yeah, pretty low key. <laughs> not the thing. Yeah. Excellent. That's great. Um, if I'm going to buy a bottle for uh, for an uncle, mm-hmm. an uncle that I actually like, mm-hmm. uh, any recommendations? I mean, mm-hmm. are we going with an Elsa, Elsa Craig or a... Elijah Craig? Sorry, yeah. yeah that's fine. Um, this is not your expertise. You're allowed to not know these things. Embrace the space. I was going to say Elijah Wood, and then I had to back up. Yeah. <laughs> Could go anywhere. He did not make did a good bourbon. It was, his was terrible. <laughs> also not a very good person. <laughs> Turns out... <laughs> Again, all our heroes are dead. Uh, we come back. Um, yeah, there's a couple Woodford reserves. Um, I think in the like 20 year, uh, that's a really nice gift. Um, there's also what else? Am I what else? I'm like mentally going through our liquor cabinet. Yeah, mentally walk down oh, yeah, the, that aisle of the LCBO. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> Not yeah. a wild turkey is what you're saying. Uh, you know, maybe you like a wild turkey. I don't really like. Also. I feel like I've been mostly dared with white turkey, so <laughs> there's a fair. bad vibe about around. That One bottle. of the things I think, and I said this earlier, is like super important with all drinking uh, or in food as well is like the snobbery around like what is great and what is the most excellent. Right. Enough of it. Like, right. Like what you like. If that's what you like, mm-hmm. accept that other people have different taste buds than you do yeah uh, and prefer things in a different manner Fair. i don't i don't want to like there's enough judgment in the world don't judge me for how i drink my booze do not how i get judge kelsey for her wild turkey <laughs> do not judge people by how they get through 2018 there you That's go just it's a really good that. way to close out this year yeah <laughs> there was this thing uh, that i got on my iphone like cbc mail notif- or like news notification and it was like Women in Canada are drinking more and uh, more more than ever. Like danger, uh, it's just like because it's 2018. Yeah. Like, have you seen the news? Yeah. Let us sorry. just have this. Let us just have this. Please don't make it. Yeah, terrible for yeah, me. Don't it's make it about you. Bad enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there anything we didn't touch on with this brown liquor conversation? Um. Oh, I had a couple other like fun data points around. Um, there's some like interesting bits that uh, like Lafroig, which is a Scotch um, 
and Robertson, uh, which is... Uh, Wait, what was the scotch you said? Lefroig. Lefroig? Lefroig. That yeah. sounds made up. You know, it's real. I mean... Can you spell that? Uh, L-A-P-H-R-O-A-I-G. Yeah, I never would have I do that. have it in my notebook. P-H. Yeah. All right, Lefroig. Got it. Lefroig, uh, which is a very nice... In fact, if we're going back to like what you should buy the uncle you like, any of the Lefroigs. Uh, a Macallan will also do you well. Macallan, I've Macallan. seen that. Some nice Any of the Macallans are great. Mm-hmm. All Macallans, good, okay. good ones. Um, but Lefroig and Robertson, um, both whiskeys, uh, both were passed on uh, to after husbands had passed on, were passed on to their wives. Um, back in like the both these stories are from like the twenties and ones from the forties, um, where an era where like women were not obviously smart enough to be able to run their own run businesses their, right. <laughs> um, and certainly not able to run their own whiskey business mm-hmm. um, but both um, have these incredible stories of having saved and grown the companies uh, from that uh, so there's a lot of great history around women who drink brown liquor uh, liquor was also seen as a place where uh, like male uh, where decisions were made uh, which is why they had the, the women's temperance unions mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, to try to stop men from drinking um, but a lot of them protested by going in and drinking with them because that's where the votes happened mm-hmm. uh, so interesting drink brown liquor another angle to the room where it happened is yeah. the room where we drank <laughs> yeah. the brown liquor <laughs> excellent um i think we've learned a lot about brown liquor today i think that's all the brown liquor i also drank just enough that i can't have a really quick thought right now i feel (laughs) like i'm moving a little bit slowly so i feel a little warm and like a hug there's definitely a fire in the belly yeah yeah a Mm -hmm. hug in the chest kind of thing Mm -hmm. so yeah thank you for that um and thanks for your thoughts thanks for talking to us about all things open and Mm -hmm. Maybe there'll be an open bourbon something someday. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Collaboration. (laughs) Who knows? But like you said, that's an interesting... I didn't know that about recipes being not... What is it? Not copyrightable? Yeah. There's no copyright on recipes. Yeah. And that's our last lesson of 2018, (laughs) y'all. No copyright on recipes. I feel like the colonel has something to say about that. The colonel has lots of things to say about that. Also, Kenji. Kenji Lopez, if you're a serious eats... Um, he has a lot of uh, opinions um, because it is a tricky world to navigate in this world of content for chefs who produce who put on their uh, recipes online Mm -hmm. to try to garner attention Uh, and then there's like all sorts of like content mining sites that just like drag and pull the things over and they don't credit and they don't give photo uh, credit so Uh. those of you who are making your christmas dinners uh, at home or your holiday festivities um, make sure that you're getting it from the source and credit the photo where you see it excellent last tip kelsey thank you so (laughs) much for joining us for sharing your brown liquor experiences with us Mm -hmm. we still have some liquor in these glasses so i feel like we're going to close out and finish those off return to our conference and that's all we have for this edition of Library Than Loves. If you have any questions, comments on today's show, if you have your thoughts, thoughts of your own on brown liquor, or if you want to refute any of Kelsey's claims, you can do so. Feel free. Uh, join us uh, at the Contact Us section of our website at accessola.com. Kelsey, where can we find you online? You can find me, uh, Bella, B-E-L-L-A underscore Velo on Twitter and Instagram, but I am not on Facebook. Good to know. Find me there. Okay. 
Uh, we'll have links and photos up on our site from the uh, from this episode. And don't forget to visit us, visit us on Twitter. We are at onlibraryasoc, the worst handle known to man <laughs> and woman. Uh, and we're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash accessola. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Pod, Google Play, wherever you get podcasts. And please tell a friend about this pod and about where they can get their own brown liquor.